0: Have you ever thought you were doing something right and later realized that you had it all wrong? Okay, think about that. Uh, something practical, you know. You, th- you thought you were doing it right. You were very confident in yourself. But then afterwards, like, you know, that doesn't look right. Maybe you're doing construction work and you're like, this is it. This is what I need to do. This is the measurement I need. And then you're like, it doesn't fit. <laughs> For me, I was a kid. I can't remember if I told the story already or not. Um, but when I was a kid, my dad had a boat, fish ski boat. And um, we'd go out and fish in. We'd go out fish. We'd go out water skiing there in Western Mass. And, and uh, we would help him put the boat on, the tr- on his truck, on the hitch, every time we went. Well, one day, he asked me, my brother, to do it ourselves. He Say, like, hey, why don't you back the truck up? You know, Johnny had his license. I think I might have had my license, so well, I don't know. But he's like, back the truck up and uh, get the boat on. We're going to go out water skiing. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, Dad's trusting us to do this. It's so great. So Johnny backed the truck up. We got it. It was one of those ones where you crank it and it lowers the thing down, which I guess most of them are like that. So we're like cranking it down and it, it gets down over the um uh the ball thing and uh it, it didn't look like it like completely went all the way down. But we're like we didn't do anything different, like everything looked kosher, like we did everything we we're supposed to do that we normally did, we thought at least. And we're like, man, that just does not look right like we did it. Like you, you crank it so much that the wheel that holds it up is like off the ground. We're like, man, it's 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 on the the hitch. So you know. So then me and Johnny, the smart people that we are, we decided to try to lift the boat and see if it came off. And it didn't because we can't lift a boat. Um, but in my mind, I'm like, well, it's on there. It's locked in pretty good. All right. We, you know, you connect the chains up to the, to the truck and things like that from the, from the boat trailer. And, and uh, Johnny had his car, so my sister was with him and, and someone else. And my dad uh, took off down the driveway up West, Westfield Road. And, and we're behind him in Johnny's little Kia Sophia. And, and uh, he gets to his first red light there by the mountain on the way up to the church. And uh when he stops at this red light, puts the brakes on, this trailer hitch comes off uh, uh this trailer comes off the hitch, slams into the back of uh of his uh tailgate and begins to drag along the road and you can see the sparks flying. And it was in that moment that I thought, you know, I've had a good life. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thirteen years old and, and uh Marissa knows I have a crush on her, so that's enough, I guess, you know. And I'm thinking, like, this is not good. Like, I'm thinking 91 is right there. We can get on 90, head towards Albany. We got, like, you know, $6 to our name. We can make it at least six hours away from all, like, hit the road, man. And uh, in my mind, I thought we had it all right, and we were severely wrong. And we found out later on how wrong we were when my dad talked to us on the side of the road there. It was horrible. Um, but it's, I think about that story, and I think about that story often, because i get that way with god sometimes you know i, I and we do this but I'll just talk for me I, I belittle often what I know I've belittle what I've known what I know is sin you know I act like I'm in pretty good shape and we all do that we're like yeah I'm doing pretty good we ignore the urges of the holy spirit and we just act like well it's just that's not him that's just you know and we just we kind of make little of what god is trying to do in our lives and and like Ananias and Sapphira, sometimes we, we, we keep back part of what God wants us to give. We keep it back for ourselves. And we live that way often. We think we're okay. We think we're doing right. We think we got it all put together. And we're like, man, this is great. Like, I've I, I got a family. i got a job and this and that. And we're really sure of ourselves. and We're so confident in ourselves. And really, if we really stop and, and look deep and let God work in our hearts, we realize, man, we're, we're way off base here. Maybe our worship Isn't what it needs to be. I've been there. I've been there. I think I'm doing everything right, but realizing after I had it, I had it all wrong. Jesus said about the Pharisees in in Matthew chapter 15, He said, uh, Their lips speak of me. Remember that verse? Their lips speak of me, but their heart is far from me. And oftentimes, especially as Christians, especially as those who've been in church a while, man, we just, and not even with a bad attitude, but we just kind of go through the motions and and we just kind of do what we've always done and, and we, we just think we have the answers. And, 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 and sometimes even to the point of whoever does it differently, they must be wrong because I know that I'm right on this and, and we just are missing it. And our worship is not what it needs to be. We're going to start a series today, kind of like a sub-series as part of the Showing Jesus series. We've talked about the qualities of Christ and, and uh, today we're going to talk about something different. What is it? What quality of Jesus, what about Jesus draws us to Him? That le- what leads us to worship him? And I think, when I thought about that question last night, my own argument it's everything. Everything about Christ draws me to him. He, there's, just nothing, there's nothing wrong in him. He is all good. He is all. He is peace. He is truth. He's everything. And I thought about, okay, so what is it? It's because why do I worship God? Why, why am I drawn to him? Because he's worth it. He's worth it. What uh, uh, carries worth in our lives is something that we show affection to. My wife is important to me. I love her. I I want to show affection to her because she's worth it to me. And with Christ, listen, you worship what's worth it to you. You show affection. You spend time with, you invest in those relationships uh, that are worth it to you. So we're going to take a few weeks uh, and talk about showing the worth of Jesus through our worship. Showing the worth of Jesus through our worship. Now, originally this was just going to be one message. I had a a list of sermons for showing Jesus, and this was just going to be one of my, as I started to kind of dig deep more into it, I quickly realized that there was a lot more here in in worship than than just one Sunday message could handle. So we'll take a few weeks and talk about worship, how we worship, who we worship, things like that. And we'll talk about worshiping Jesus uh, through outreach and through sharing the gospel. We'll talk about, because that's part of worship, is talking about Jesus. Showing Jesus to others. We're talking about worshiping uh, uh, corporately together, like as a church. We'll talk about that and, and maybe even my heart for our church in our worship and, and the importance of that. But today we're going to focus on a very important way to worship God. And uh, it's, it's. I actually didn't think I'd be preaching on this this soon, but the Lord just put up my heart. And uh, so we're going to be talking today about showing Jesus, showing our worship through giving. Our worship through through giving. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm talking about giving. What do you think of when you think of the word give? Think about that. What do you think of when you think of the word give? It can have really a a positive context or a negative context. I've told my children a thousand times, you're giving me a headache. Okay, that's a negative, you know. Uh, Kids can give attitude. Okay, Bray this morning, I saw him. He was giving attitude to Uncle Al. It was hilarious. Uh, as we're singing Living Hope, Brady's all there like, you know, he doesn't want to sing about Living Hope right now. He wants to sit up here in the pulpit, you know. Uh, kids give their germs out. Uh, sometimes Seth gives me a heart attack, okay, when he's climbing on the banister. Um, oftentimes, things that they say or do or things like that get, almost give me indigestion. <laughs> um, but giving more often is in the positive context. We think about giving. We think about you give somebody a hug that's hurting you. Give a gift to someone at Christmas time. We give gifts. Uh, at church, you give an offering. You give to missions, and when done with a Christ-like spirit, it is a joy to give. Okay, when it com- when when you do it with the right heart, with the right motives, it really is a joy to give. I want to I want to say this quote: When it comes to giving to God, the how is equally, if not more important than the what. You think about the the uh, widow's might, who gave just that little bit but but that was great because of how she gave not what she gave but how she gave have you ever given something with the wrong spirit maybe you you someone needs some help and you're like well i'll give it to them but they better not use it this way or well i'll give it to them but they better pay me back or someone with the wrong motives well i'm going to give this to them and i hope that maybe since i give that this to them that Later on, they'll give this to me. That's the wrong motive, the wrong spirit. We've all given things like that before. So I want to preach this morning about how we should give, and we're in 2 Corinthians right now, and the background of 2 Corinthians is, is that Paul here has written this epistle, this letter to the Corinthians, and, and most of the letter that he writes to the church at Corinth is, is, is about false teachers, and many of them have come in, and they're trying to discredit Paul and say he's not an apostle, and he's not the real deal, and he, his ministry's not, you know, is, is not. it's fake and it's, it's all this stuff. And so he spends most of this letter uh, kind of defending his apostleship and, and defending the gospel. But in chapter 8, we see him kind of shift gears in chapter 8. And he starts talking about giving. He shares a testimony about these churches, these, these Christians in Macedonia and how they gave. And we're going to look at that today. And, and it, it really, as, as I read it, it, it paints a, a beautiful picture of how we as Christians, as Coastline Baptist Church, in 2020 of how we should give. How we should give. Not just in a church setting. Now listen, in this context, yes, they're giving to the church work. So yes, we'll talk about that. Giving to the work of the church and, and giving to mission, things like that. But even just uh, following the urge of the Spirit when he tells us to give anything. If it's if it's if it's a family member, if it's a friend, if it's whoever, when it comes to giving. The Macedonians in this in this uh, uh, chapter and in this letter, listen, they knew the need. Uh, there was churches in Jerusalem that were just completely devastated. They had nothing. They had nothing. And they knew the need. And listen, church, when it comes to church work and missions, you know the need. <laughs> you know that right now as a church, there's a lot of stuff that we need. And there's a lot more that we're going to need. And, uh, and we're going to have to give. We're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to uh, 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 give out of the right heart. And, I, and you already have. Praise God for that. But I want to talk about how the giving is, it's really, it's part of worship. It's part of worship. It's not just this habit that you do. It's not just something I've been in churches before, and and, and I've been guilty of it as well as you just kind of do it almost habitually to where it's not really, you're not really thinking about it. It's, It's just until you need it, then you think about it for something else. When it comes to the giving of our church and of us personally, how should we give? And we see right through the first few verses. Some practical things that I believe how, how we should give. Number one, number one is this, and we'll we'll look at the scriptures. Give even when life is hard. Give even when life is hard. Look at chapter 8 and verse 1. The verses are up on the screen. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Right off the bat, chapter eight, Paul says, Listen, here's these churches that don't really have anything at all. He uses the words deep poverty. They were, they were practically beggars. If you study it out what with, with this verse and in the context, they had nothing. They were impoverished by Roman rule and, and, and by war, and they had nothing, these churches of Macedonia. But it says that in their deep poverty, them giving was the abundance of their joy. Man, they, they just it didn't matter how hard life was. They're were like, we're going to give anyway. There's a need there in Jerusalem and we're going to give. Listen, we can all find excuses not to give. We could all find pretty good excuses in our lives of why we can't give here, or why we can't tie this week, or why we uh, can't give to missions this week, or why we can't uh, give to that guy on the side of the road today. We all can find reasons not to give. And life does get challenging, and things do get tight. And there are certain months when something goes wrong at the house, and you need extra cash to fix something, and you start to get worried and stressed. And man, where's the money going to go? How are we all going to get together at the end of the month? And life does get tough, and trials do come. And oftentimes, even when it, not even financially, but when your heart's broken, when you're sad, when you're living in fear, it's easy to kind of keep everything together because you're like, "Man, I just I don't want to get hurt. I don't want something to happen." And, and you, you hold it all in. It's easy to focus inward when those trials come. There's a lady at our our church in Michigan, and, and Joel and Shining guys know her. You might know her, Mom uh, Judy Merrill. Remember Miss Merrill? Miss Merrill was an old lady at our, an older lady at our church in Michigan, and she's just the sweetest lady. And um, I used to sing in a little quartet with her and her husband and, and all these older senior citizens and it was a blast. I loved it. but but Miss Merrill, every Sunday, okay, almost every Sunday she'd come up to me with Culver's coupons and um, like40 dollars for the family and she'd be like, take your family out for dinner or this and that It was always so sweet so small. And then there was other times she give, she'd give more she just she knew we were going to Massachusetts and she'd give us money for, here's just for you trip. And she just was a sweet lady. Now, Miss Merrill had many reasons to be depressed. She lost a nine-year-old son. Um, what was it that he had, Marissa? Do you remember what he had? I can't remember. It was back a long time ago before. Um, and it was, uh, oh, man, it, hmm? it was hepatitis. And he died at nine years old, uh, back probably in the, I don't know, maybe the 50s or whatever, 60s, something a long time ago. Um, a lot of health trouble Miss Merrill has. Always in and out of the hospital. Her family had a lot of issues. A lot of her family came to our church, and there was always something going on. It was unfortunately there was some divorce with her kids and grandkids, and just all this messy situations. But Miss Merrill, Miss Judy had joy. She had joy, and I believe that obviously Christ being the source of her joy. But she was a giver. She gave even when life was hard. She gave even though there was a lot going on around her that she probably could have just kept to herself. But no, she went out of her way, even when life was hard and gave, just like these churches did in chapter eight. These churches uh, of Macedonia said, listen, we're struggling, we're in deep poverty, but we're gonna give. Giving to God and his work, when you realize what it can accomplish, brings joy in the darkest times. Listen, you could be having a bad day, you could be having a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. When you give to God, when you give to his work with the right heart, realizing what it can do. Think about it. We got to give uh, as a church to a missionary family going to West Africa. And I'm telling you, man, they were blessed. We, they were encouraged. They were just astounded at what we got to do as a church. What we got to accomplish with, uh, through God and through your giving heart. Listen, you got to give even when life is hard. When you, when you do, listen, it's going to bring joy in those darkest times. It's easy to think that like if I just keep it all to myself, things will get better and I'll be I'll be content. When in reality, it's sometimes in those most challenging times is the best time to give. Because that's when God is not only gonna show up in your life and provide in a special way and in a miraculous way, but He's gonna allow you to be a blessing to someone else that has a greater need. Give even when life is hard. Secondly, give more than just enough. Look at look at uh 2 Corinthians 8. In verse 3, he had just talked about how they had nothing and their deep poverty abounded and the rich of their liberality. Verse 3, he says this, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Listen, not only was this church giving even in their challenges, in their trials and in their struggles, happily, but they sacrificed. They sacrificed. Verse 3, it says it. It says, not just uh, beyond, beyond their power. For to their power, yea, and even beyond their power, they sacrificed. They didn't just do the bare minimum. They didn't just do what was expected. They went beyond. In their lowest, deepest poverty, their lowest financial state, whatever you want to call it, they sacrificed willingly. Right there it says it. It says, it says in verse 3, they were willing of themselves beyond their power to give. Beyond their power. Where is my sacrifice? I have to ask myself that daily. Where's your sacrifice? Where's our sacrifice? Hey, praise the Lord. Man, our offerings have been great, and, God, and you've been, we've been giving. But let's just step aside from, from the church offering for right now. How about the rest of your life? It, it's sometimes very easy for us to just to, to give to church because we know what's right, we want God's blessing, and amen for that, and things like that. And by the way, I'm going to say this. We shouldn't just give for God's blessing. We should give because we love him. We want to worship him. The elder son in the story of the prodigal son, listen, he obeyed all those rules, but for the wrong reasons. And that whole story of the prodigal son is really not even about that lost son who goes off and messes his life up. It's about the older son. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in that passage. And at the end of the story, listen, things end really great for that lost son who comes back and, and makes things right. But things do, we don't know how it ends for the older son. He's a grump and he's mad. And he says, listen, I never broke your rules ever. And I did all So He never gave me a party. And listen, he was doing everything he was supposed to do but with the wrong for the wrong reasons, for the wrong, with the wrong motives. And he was a mess. He was probably further gone than his younger brother. And we don't know how it ends for him. Listen, it's, we don't give for blessing. <laughs> we give because uh, uh, God is worth it. Christ is enough and the work of God and the gospel is worth it. That's why we give. And if God blesses us uh, uh, and keeps his, he'll keep his promises, we know that. But our motive should not be, I'm going to give so that I get back. No, we should never give that way. And I, that was not in the notes at all. I just thought of that. But where's our sacrifice? Where, where is us sometimes going without some of our wants for somebody else, for the sake of someone else? We like to stay where it's comfortable. It's natural for us. We like to stay where it doesn't hurt. We don't have to struggle. I think about, we haven't really had it here, but in Western Mass, you know, and in Michigan especially, um, just winter storms and just major snowstorms and blizzards. And I kind of miss it, but then I really don't. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I miss the snow. It's like, yeah, but I don't have to shovel. I don't have to drive super carefully as much, and it's it's kind of nice. But when we were in Michigan especially, um, and then Western Mass, you know, the storms go outside. It's a blizzard outside, and the snow is falling down. And you know what? You're in a warm house, and you don't want to shovel, and you're by the fire, and you're watching a movie or whatever, and you're like, I don't want to go out and shovel. And, and Taylor Street in Holyoke, we lived on a, a one-way street, and we had sidewalks that like we were supposed to shovel for like the city. you know. And uh, listen, the truth of the matter is, I, just because I didn't want to go out and shovel, the truth is, I could skip my back porch, and I could skip my front porch, but I really couldn't skip the sidewalk because you know, I'd get in trouble. Someone could walk by and slip and sue me and not get much. And I thought, you know, I said, I I have to get out of my comfort zone to do what I'm supposed to do to shovel that sidewalk. I had to get out of my comfort zone. My comfort is not as important as someone slipping and breaking their arm or someone hurting themselves. Even more so, our comfort is not as important as obeying the urge of the Holy Spirit to give. Our comfort and our, our uh, uh, not struggling is not as important as people slipping into hell. Listen, there's going to come a time soon in our church when we're going to be able to really start giving to missions in a, in a more uh, official way instead of just kind of like, obviously, we're just starting out. And But there's going to come a time when, we, when we're going to have missionaries that we support. And, we're, and that, that's, that's coming. And listen, in those times, we're gonna, there's going to be times when we're going to have to give more than just enough or what to expect. We say, oh, I got my 10%, I'm good, I got my tithe, hallelujah, I'm good, I, I, mean, I feel great about myself. Listen, there's going to be times when we're going to have to give more than just enough. Listen, the times in our lives when God provided for us in, in, in miraculous ways for, for my family, for Marissa and I, are the times when we made the choice and, 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 and God and His power, I think about it now, but Christ in us, his power having a sacrifice. There were times when we had people live with us. We had a young man live with us for several months when we first got to Michigan. Then we had a young a young lady who had 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 a baby, and she had been raped and had a baby, and it was a terrible situation. Her mom kicked her out of the house and changed the lock. It was awful. Uh, her mom was a drug addict and just a mess, and she had nowhere to go. And we said, come stay with us for a few nights. Well, a few nights stayed into a few months. And in those times, we had to sacrifice. We had to... We had, to, we had to take care of this person. Um, you know, Drake has lived with us. He lived with us from January to August. And and uh, listen, there, there's more expensive when you add a, another person. We all know. You know that. But listen, in those times, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm be like, it was so hard in those times. No, because God took such incredible care of us and blessed us. Amen. And he'll do the same for any of us. And he's probably done the same for you in the moments when you've sacrificed, in the times when you've sacrificed. If you have to give more, than just enough. I I could I could take all the time. I don't take any time at all to do it. But when we were on deputation, I mean, there was a lot of challenges. There was a lot of times when it was tough. I mean, we needed a, a, a topper for the top of the van, and I couldn't find one. And God provided that. I lost all my suits on the side of the highway, and 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 didn't know how I was going to get back. And God provided. And how many? Uh, someone sent the suits back to me. That found them on the side of the road. I mean, God provided. Listen, don't settle for just enough. Go beyond. If you look in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians nine six. Paul says, this I say, he would soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. And he would soweth bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Listen, you reap what you sow. If you want listen, to, listen, as a church, I don't want us to just do the bare minimum and just kind of make ends meet and that's it. Listen, I want to go beyond as a church. That's my heart for our church. I want to make waves for the gospel. I, I, I want to be, be a real blessing to people. I, I don't want us to be the church that a missionary leader says, well, Hey, we got enough for the next place. You know, hey, we live that sometime, Marissa and I. would be like, well, we got enough for the next place. Thank you, Lord, for providing for us. But listen, I want to be the church that when a missionary leaves, like, man, they just feel taken care of. Because listen, I want that to be our heart. I'm not just going to give just enough, but more than enough. Give more than just enough. Don't just settle for just enough. Go beyond. Number three, see in the next few verses. Give with joyful passion. Don't just give when life is hard, more than just enough. Give with joyful passion passion. This church had to be a part. They refused to sit in the side. Look at verse 4 here. Okay, after he he says in verse 3, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They begged to be part, praying with much entreaty. That means they were like, listen, you've got to take this. We want to be a part. We want to help. We want to do something. Please let us help. They had a joyful passion to give. Man, they 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 couldn't they couldn't not be involved. So I wish I gave like that. I wish I gave like that. Man, I, I think of all the times that our kids have given us gifts, or Donald's given us, or made us a Lego thing, or and and like when they give you a gift, they're like so excited about it. Like you know, it's a little colored paper or, or paper airplane that that one of the kids makes. Like this is for you, and they're so excited to give it. And there's such a, a joy and there's such a thrill on their face. And, and, and you think, like, how does my face look on Sunday morning when i got to give my tithe, when i got to put it in there? You know, how is my heart in that moment when I'm putting that check in? Is it like, oh, well, you know, ooh, Or is it, oh, man. What, how, do we give with a joyful passion? Do we give with a joyful passion? Not just in church setting. Listen, I'm telling you. If you're walking with God, if you're trying to follow His Spirit, He is going to not just at church, not just with your tithe, not just with mission, but He in your life is going to give you opportunities and impress upon your heart to give to others. You really think God and all of His glory and all of His plan of of your life is just going to only have you uh, write a check and put in the offering and thank God for that? And my goodness, do we need it and hallelujah for that? But I'm talking about the rest of our lives, Monday through Saturday, You really think God is never going to give you an opportunity or impress on your heart to give to somebody, someone that's struggling, somebody you don't even know? You say, well, I couldn't give to a stranger. You really could if God wanted you to. Listen, you've got to give with a joyful passion. It's so hard for some of us to give when it really should be hard for us not to give. And that's me, church. That's me. It's so hard for some of us to get like, ah, and we reason in our minds all the reasons we shouldn't do it, why we can't do it, and some of the excuses are pretty good. Man, I got my family to take care of. Hey, that's a really good reason. The Bible commands us to take care of our family. That's true. But Listen, you really think that God would contradict himself and ask you to do something and then not take care of your family? That's good. And maybe our definition of care is maybe more than it should be sometimes. You know, food and raiment is all we need, and I think, we need every, and I, think we, I need everything else. Listen. It's so hard for for some of us to give, so hard for me to give sometimes when it really should be hard for me not to give. Chapter 9, verse 7, Paul again says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Man, we gotta give with a joyful passion. Got to give with a joyful passion. And I'm this is the last one. I'm I'm done, right? I'm done. This is where it gets interesting because up to this point, uh, uh, the points have been obviously in giving and giving and, and, and what we give and, and, and who we give to, whether it's church or someone else, and giving when life is hard. And life's going to get hard. Maybe life's hard for you right now. And giving more than just enough. And maybe there's something that you need to work on. Maybe it's maybe that's where you're at. It's like, man, I've been giving just enough, but man, I, I haven't been giving more. I haven't really been sacrificing at all. I've, I've been living pretty comfortably, actually. Maybe it's uh, the way you give and, and you're not giving with a joyful passion, more just giving out of necessity or grudgingly or what, how, the, how the, the passage says it. But this last one kind of steps away from, I guess, the financial side of it and the materialistic side of it. And number four is this, is you got to give your life first. See, before, before they gave when it was hard and in their trials and their deep poverty, before they, gave, they sacrificed and gave more than enough and before they gave with joy, they gave themselves Look at verse 5, and this they did, not as we hoped, or, or really not, not as in like they didn't hope for, but, but more like in a way of like, it kind of surprises, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Before all that other they giving, before their giving to this church in Jerusalem, they had given themselves, they given their lives. They had decided that their plans and ambitions were not as important as the gospel getting out and churches in Jerusalem being taken care of and missionaries being taken care of. That they had given their life to Christ because, listen, you'll never truly give your wealth until you give your life. Hey, you may give it grudgingly, but that's not truly giving the way God wants you to give. You will never truly give with the right heart and motives until you've given your life to Christ and say, God, whatever you want from me. You'll never open your wallet until you open your heart. Listen, could you imagine what God could do with us, with Coastline? If we just gave, all of us, gave our lives to Christ completely in every way, in every way, in every way, giving our lives first. He's already doing such great things in our church and blessing us. Just imagine as we have more people come and we invite people and we and people start coming and our church starts to grow and if our hearts are where they should be and if our lives have been devoted to Christ and His work and His ministry and not our little kingdoms down here. It's very easy sometimes to just, we just want to take care of the little kingdom that we've set up with our jobs and our families and everything else. If we just devote it all to Christ and give our lives to Him, what He could do. Verse 6 and 7 goes on and and, and he now um, challenged the church, this church of Corinth. He says this, In so much that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as he abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. So Paul had sent Titus. Here's what happened. This church of Corinth at one time had been giving to these, to these churches in Jerusalem. But they had stopped. So Paul's saying, hey, I want to tell you about this church of Macedonia. They don't have anything. (laughs) And they're giving. He's like, and you did it one time, but now you're not. And he says to them uh, uh, in verse number seven, that second verse, he said, you got everything else in order. He said, in faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence and your love to us. He's like, but you got to, you got to, in this grace too, in this thing too, in this area too, it's time to start giving. And listen, maybe we can relate sometimes. We have most of our lives in order. We, we feel like, man, I go to church and I read my Bible and I pray and, and, and I try to be a witness and, and I'm a good dad, I'm a good mom, whatever it may be, and I this and that. But, but there's an area that's missing. Maybe it's giving for you. Maybe it's that giving more than just enough. Listen, it's our turn. It's our turn to, 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 to just give it all. Give give everything. And listen, listen I, I think of uh, you know Joel Shan moved from Indiana come back here and start us, help us start this church. God led them back here. I mean that's sacrifice I and mean, we appreciate that. Like that, that means more than you'll ever ever know. I mean you guys drive almost 40 minutes. That's some sacrifice. And I appreciate that. Like I, that blesses my heart and, and and just who who God has led 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 here from from our family and everything. Listen, but let's always stay focused on giving, giving our lives first. Cuz the second we start to hold back a little bit of ourselves, I mean, everything else is going to follow suit. We got to give our lives first, and I love what verse eight says. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. He continues his statement and says, "Listen, you got to keep doing this, and, and listen, I know you love us, so I want you to prove it. I want you, I want you to re- really mean it." And he goes on, and he gives the greatest. Illustration: the greatest correlation you could ever give when it comes to giving and that is Christ. He says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. Isn't it awesome how it all comes back to the gospel? It's not just about me saying and up here fundraising. <laughs> it's not just about, well, if you do this, no, it's about, listen, why do we give? Why do we sacrifice? Because someone sacrificed for us. <laughs> Jesus was made poor. He was made in the likeness of he, uh, Likeness men. He humbled himself, became a servant, and died on the cross. You talk about sacrifice. What a beautiful comparison. Listen, you talk about uh, giving even when life is hard. Think of Jesus in the garden, sweating drops of blood, saying, not my will, but thine." I said, listen, if... Take this cup from me, please. Let's talk about heart. Talk about giving more than just enough. He gave everything. With a joyful passion, it says, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Giving your life (laughs) is exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did. The gospel should drive us to give. Jesus paid it all for us. Listen, it should drive us to give. Listen, as, as, as we grow and as our church begins to grow, and it will, I know it will, they know it will. God's, God's already blessing. He's going to keep blessing. Listen, we need each other. And as a past, as pastor, I need you guys. I do. I was just reading something online it talked about like for so long there's this mindset of like you shouldn't have friends in the church. And, and like, you know, like, oh, you got to be careful. I have the mysticism about you as a pastor. And I'm like, for a long time, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And Now I'm like, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. To not have friends in the church, to not be close—kind of hard. I'm also the church is my family, (laughs) (laughs) right? listen, I'm—I need you guys. We need each other. Listen, we are a family. And 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 listen, you know what? Not just us, but Miss Palmer needs Coastline Baptist Church, and the well, forget it. Now she she needs the gospel. You know your neighbors, this city, your coworkers. Lost souls uh, across the world, where missionaries are going, they need you. And we got to ask God: What God? Is there something missing? Ask God this morning when we when we pray and kind of reflect on what we've talked about. Ask God: What's missing? Is there anything missing? Am I not giving? Am I only giving just enough? Have have I held back because it's been tough? Am I giving with the wrong spirit? Or even beyond all that, Lord, man, do you have all of me? Because if if God doesn't have all of you, then listen, your giving is going to. It's not, going to, it's not going to be where it's supposed to be in any area, not just in the church. Again, this is not just about your 10% and your tithe and your mission. This is about just your life. I'm not talking about you giving to the church or to me only. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the, your next door neighbor, someone in your job, somebody that God impresses on your heart to give and to sacrifice and to get out of your comfort zone. Listen, think about that in your life. Listen, we can give. This is the final thought. We can give like Jesus because of what Jesus gave. We can give like Jesus because of what Jesus gave. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. By the power of, power of God. And that same power that raised him from the dead is in us today as Christians, as believers. That's, how, that's why I know I can give when life is hard. But not because I'm a really good guy. Not because I just have a lot of strength. No, because of Christ. I can give, I can sacrifice, but not because I'm just this compassionate person or because uh, I'm just a really good guy. or be- No, I can give uh, 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 more than just enough because of what Christ has done. Listen, I can give with joyful passion, but not because uh, I have a lot of money to give. No, because of Christ. We can give like Jesus because of what Jesus gave. He gives us the power. It is He who lives in us. I am crucified with Christ, yet I have a Christ liveth in me. We can give like Jesus because of what Jesus gave. So think about that today. In our worship, listen, part, part of giving, uh, part of worship is, is our giving. And we're going to talk more about worship the next few weeks, but remember that. Your giving, when you put that in there, that's supposed to be worship. Hey, when you give to someone else, Jesus said, when you give, we talked about it with Nurses' bird story a few weeks ago. She thought, when I, if you give to the least of these, you're giving to me. Amen. Think about that. Not just our worship and giving is not just in the church, but wherever God tells us to. So think about that today. Lord, we love you and we need you today. Would you help us, God? Would you help us in our giving? Help it to be real. Help it to be authentic. Help it to be. True worship, Lord. Help it not to just be habitual. Help it not to just be uh, something that we're just so used to doing that we don't even think about it anymore. But Lord, help it to be real worship. God, we want to worship you. I want to worship you, Lord. In every area, including my giving. Lord, please work on my heart. Work on me, Lord. Change me. Lord, please, if there's someone here today, God, that, Lord, uh, something touched their heart the message, whether it was about when life is hard or or above and beyond the sacrifice, or, or their lives, or with a joyful passion, would you just impress in their hearts, help them right now, Lord, the quietness of the moment, to ask you for strength, and to rest in you. You give the power to do those things. It's not just about us pulling up our bootstraps and trying even harder to do that, Lord. It's by us resting in you and trusting in you. Help us to do that. We love you. Bless our church. Provide for our church. Help us to be a church that gives, that sacrifices It goes above and beyond, Lord. Please, Lord, bless our church. Thank you for it. Lord, I ask you uh, in the name of Jesus for all these things. Amen. Amen.